easily veers off into mature subject matter and includes a whole heck of a lot of swearing. Enjoy the show, eh? Welcome to Kith and Tell. Good night. I'm joking. Today I'm joined by Kalina McCordoff in London, England. Hello. Hans Seidemann in Prince Rupert, Canada. Hi, gang. And Stuart Derek Kotick in Vancouver, Canada. <laughs> nice Scott grunt. You just made the sound that those like block things in Mario make when they they're called flumps, and they're my kin. <laughs> so we'll be reviewing episode six of season two, which aired on October thirtieth, nineteen ninety. Let's kick it off with our sketch rundown. rundown. Today we've got speech by a boring author, where Kevin gives a reading of the heavy pen, his latest book about. Hmm. Uh, well, ooh, let's see here. Uh, lunchtime. Uh, it, it's just about a guy with writer's block who's trying to give a reading of his, his book. Sweet filler. Uh, Animal Rights Commandos. Uh, Bruce, Scott, and Mark, as Shona Axel and Ozone, are humanoids for humanism, eco-terrorists who try and fail to liberate a self-pleasuring ape from animal testing. Uh, the real heroes. <laughs> Those yes. names are just awesome, by the way. They'll emancipate losing... me eventually. I have a friend whose first name is Axel, so. Gross. Oh, that, uh, you come from the interior. I'm <laughs> 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 losing hair, where David plays a diner at a fine dabble. Uh, sorry. David plays a diner at a fine dining establishment whose hair goes missing during the course of his meal. As it turns out, the manager of the restaurant has stolen it. <laughs> The Nasty Breakup. Uh, Bruce and Mark play a couple who has just broken up and struggle to be adults about the whole situation. Uh, Buddy Cole in the woods. Buddy spots a naked male nymph in the forest, and then he says, that's not something you see every day. Well, I do. And that's the entire sketch. (laughs) Bad Anecdote Guy, where Scott plays some sort of psycho who doesn't understand how to converse normally with humans and just keeps saying, good night. I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> I know that guy. I'm joking! <laughs> Theo the teacher, where Dave plays a hip, cool teacher who wants you to call him out on his bullshit whenever you see it, and is trying to not do heroin quite so much every day. <laughs> uh, so... Why don't we start it off with uh, Kids Say the Darndest Thing, where we make nerds of ourselves by repeating the things from the episode that made us laugh. Yes. Uh, Stu, do you want to start us off? I really liked Theo the teacher. I thought that was really great. I thought that Dave had a bunch of just fantastic lines in this one, and I really liked, um, after describing how his marriage has fallen apart because of the open marriage that he did not tell his wife about, he goes (laughs) up to a child in his class and says, Linda, I know how hard this is going to be for you. I know that you might find yourself some night confused, lonely, needy, drunk in front of my house at number 12 Beacon Street, searching for someone older who can make you feel like a woman. But Linda, I have a rule. I never sleep with a woman unless she's at least 18. 
or a very mature 17. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, that line there, is there how is she, like, opens her legs, net, and then when yes. he says 17, yeah. she closes them, and then he's like, I mean, uh, or a mature... Uh, so gross. Oh, yeah, it's yeah, disgusting. No. I love everything about that character being like, I'm not skeezy, I'm just a good guy. Oh, no. Yeah, and... and for those who haven't watched this episode, this is after he's just, like, publicly denounced this girl's boyfriend as being gay and that's okay and everything. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, so good, good line. Uh, mine is going to be from Bad <laughs> Breakup, we're, we're, though. We're putting air quotes around the good there, I think, though. Oh, hilarious, though. <clears throat> mine has to be, though, from Bad Breakup, um, where there's a following exchange. So... Mark says to uh, Bruce's character, uh, wait, wait, I almost forgot. I want to send you an artist rendering of me satisfying women of all types. Where should I send that? Should I send that here or to your office? And Bruce says, uh, why don't you send that to your best friend's house where I'll be on top of you? <laughs> Such a good like, comeback. Like, like, delivers the end of that line by just saying, like, oh, why don't you send it to your best friend's house where I'll be up on top of him? And it's just like yeah. so quick and like, oh, I love it's, it. It's the two of them descending into pettiness that is just mm. so, per like, yeah, the line might as well have just been like, oh, why don't you go uh, fuck yourself? Yeah, like. absolutely, absolutely. I'm starting to more and more because of, um, obviously, our reading of Paul Meyer's book. Uh, that wasn't a plug. Um, <laughs> but, but you know, obviously, <laughs> but obviously with the with the police department sketch, it's just like starting, I, you know, before, obviously, it was very like, oh, my God, you know, it's Kevin and Dave again. Hilarious. What a good premise. Yada, yada. Premise. But now I'm just starting, I'm starting, premise, starting to notice how much. Kevin, or sorry, um, uh, Mark and Bruce, Bruce work well together. Yeah. And, yeah. and yeah. this is one of those where I'm just like, God, there's such like sharp wit there, you know? Yeah, there, there seems to be something they do particularly well where it's like they're very good at playing bickering couples and they both play very good female characters. Yeah. Um, where it's like Bruce's, Bruce's like female character here is not like some sort of stereotype at all uh, like she's it's being Kathy. just as all of Bruce's female characters are Kathy that's a red string discussion for another day. Uh, fair enough. That, it that's just feels to me like there's a bunch, like, it's a family that has, like, a thousand girls, and they're all cousins, and they're all named Kathy. Okay, like, they're that's all... true. That's true. Yes. <laughs> okay. There's okay. a little bit of variation, but, yeah, they're all very similar. Sorry. Sorry they're to derail you guys. Cousins, sure. <laughs> uh, Kalina, what was your favorite line from this episode? So I, I actually loved the opening sketch, not yeah. least because the author's yeah. first novel is called The Grains of Sands <laughs> of Time. Of destiny, <laughs> so that's, which is just like the most plausible generic bullshit name for a book that I could totally get on board with. Um, but the, the quote has to actually go for Kevin's reading of the new novel, The Heavy Pen, where he's been ooing and umming for about two pages and says, write what you know, write what you know, what do you know, what do I know? I don't know anything. Oh, lunchtime. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe because of my own procrastination issues, this is just hilarious. Just what? write what you know. I don't know anything. That's a... That's, uh, very deep, dark part of my brain. So I liked it too, but it also <laughs> felt like, Kevin, please stop venting your insecurities for money. It's sad. <laughs> I don't that's, know anything. That's how he made his bread, though. Yeah. Kalina, I, uh, I used to play a game with my mom because... Uh, well, uh, whatever, because I'm a mama's boy, I guess. But uh, where, you can play games would, without uh, being a mama's boy. <laughs> where the the game was, you would invent a title of a book, and then you would try and backtrack to figure out what the book was about based on the title. But the the we would always pick the most bullshit like uh, Pulitzer Prize or like Polaris Prize type or not Polaris Prize. What's the what's the the Canadian book prize? 
Oh, Isn't that shit. the Polaris Prize? I don't no, know. No, that's a know. music prize. <laughs> I haven't lived in Canada for a while. No. Well, anyways, and so it would always be these like kind of bullshit novel names that you would absolutely expect to see on these lists. So we, it would be things like when the leaves fall through the trees or, <laughs> you know, like that kind of bullshit. Anyways, and that, that one would be time. about like a, uh, a girl from Korea who's adopted into a, a family in like Southern Georgia and like it follows her life as she goes through like becoming a businesswoman or something. I don't know. It was bullshit like that. I was always sad that the hatchet was not just about a hatchet at a hardware store. <laughs> that was a tough one for me. That was a good book. I know. My brother, it was a dumb my brother joke. wanted I just to write wanted a to make book a dumb about joke. a corpse floating down a river. Well, thanks for taking taking us on that side. What was your favorite line, Hans? Though no, let me talk more about bullshit games. We used to play my mom when I was. I used to play patty cake. (laughs) We used to jump in the puddles in the rain. Okay, Um, sorry, people. We didn't spend enough time before the episode bullshitting around. (laughs) Sorry, but to get back on track, uh, Trevor, you once again stole my favorite line. Uh, from this episode. Um, but I will say that I also really liked Dave's line from Theo the Teacher where he says, my wife and I, we sort of, you know, had a, an open relationship and uh, I could never quite find the right time or the right words to tell her that we did. So anyway, when she found out about our little understanding quite by accident one night, well, I guess you can understand that it's left me a little bit scarred. Uh, and I, what I love about that line is that him not having the courage to tell his wife that he's cheating on her re- leads to her discovering that he's cheating on her, and that has left him scarred. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's something uh, uh, the the mental gymnastics involved in that line are delightful to me. I I've got to say, by the way, like that is a just a, a great great sketch because it has good moments for every single one of the kids, mm. while still being like a very good shining moment for Dave, Ex- just just knocking it at the park. Except for Mark, who inexplicably has a seizure when they imply that he's gay. I didn't understand well, that. No, at because all. he is definitely gay. No, I know, that, but like, why would like? Because you know how yeah, gay people weird. are always having I seizures. Really... I don't know. I thought no, it was a little it... hacky. No, 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 it felt like to me like he was he was closeted and he was like freaking out that he was going to get called out. And then but then at the same time, when they were calling out Kevin instead, then he's like freaking out because he's like, like wanting to like burst out with the truth, but can't like do it, bring himself to do it. It just I don't know. It, I guess. The, the internal struggle read properly to me. I, I looked up the transcript notes and it was just like Mark starts spazzing out. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I mean, bad, bad. <laughs> well, I'd like us to move on to another segment, though, that I call Season of the David Ooh. because of this Theo sketch, though. Uh, where I, I think I'm going to make a big reveal. I'm coming out of the Dave closet where I, <laughs> I've decided that Dave fully is rehabilitated in my eyes. Uh, he's fucking hilarious, and I want to apologize to him for all the relentless slams against him He we've made him uh, put up with through the last two dozen episodes. I know he listens to everyone and cries <laughs> yeah. every time he hears us make a slam against him. Uh He's always a, a really great straight man, like in his uh, lost a, his hair bit in this episode. Uh, but I don't think that any of the other kids would do justice to like uh, Theo the teacher, for instance, either. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like 
it would either be kind of overly hammy if it was done by someone like Bruce or Kevin or overly actory if it was done by one of the other guys. He's kind of got like a good balance here where mm-hmm. it's like very silly and funny, but still like, you know, it's not just Dave, you know, it's a, mm. it is a character. Mm. Um, and I love him in his recurring bits with Kevin, like the Sizzler and Sizzlers uh, and uh, Nobody Likes Us. He does the, the best drag or at least the most convincing drag. So, I just want to ask, like, am I alone here? Am I, is Dave my mayonnaise? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I'll, I'll jump in and just say that I absolutely agree. Uh, it's it's definitely a thought I've been having throughout this season as well. Um, I've really just been enjoying him in season two. Um, and so I think the real question I've been trying to answer is whether he was this good in season one and I and or we were all just prejudiced against him because of, like, the off-the-show issues and kind of resenting his success compared to the other kids. I know we kind of mentioned or talked about that when we first got this podcast started. We are all kind um, of Or whether he actually wasn't as good last season, and now he's kind of stepping up his game. Um, I feel like it's kind of a mix, um, because I do feel like he's been a lot funnier this season. Um, and I also think I'm not holding other stuff against him as much now as I, as I was before which allows me to enjoy his bits a bit more. But so no, you're not alone and I'll happily eat this mayonnaise with you, Trevor. What a <laughs> fucking surprise. That <laughs> <laughs> sounds like you have something to say, Stu. Uh, no, I, I totally agree with you. I disagree with yours and Hans's premise that maybe he was as good in season one because I, sta- I stand by our assessment of those ones because it felt like you were like, he was always been a good straight man, which I kind of disagree because in season one, when he did straight man, it felt this, like, crossed arms, eye-rolling, like, I'm in a scene with improv actors. Like, it didn't really feel like he was committing to the bits as much. I feel like if you think of, like, the, the Bruce gave everyone cancer sketch, and he was kind of the straight man in that one, but it was this kind of, yeah, he was he was detached, it was kind of, the the joke is that I don't really care, and, and that's, not that as, one, that's not as funny than if he's being a pure straight man, which he does a lot more, it seems like, in season even two. Even that one, I think, is a pretty, like, a good ex- like him, example of him being quite successful in season one. There's a couple he does, and they're not really coming to mind right now, but he they have to play against him, and it just doesn't really feel like they have the chemistry quite as much. Maybe, um, like, the one where, like, the analysis of a comedy sketch where he's just inexplicably, you know, got an IV drip and he's explaining yeah. how comedy works. Or, yeah, that one. You know, may- maybe he was dissecting comedy a little bit too much yeah. in season one. And I'll, I'll, I'll give you that, where he probably realized by this point, like, I don't need to dissect comedy on the television show. I can <laughs> yeah. I can have my smart little conversations about comedy off the camera. Lauren will love me anyway. Yeah. <laughs> the thing is, I think it's because, like, he's actually got some good sketches and characters emerging that aren't just monologues or, like, flop host jokes. Yeah. And, you know, like, he's always sort of along alongside my boy Kevy <laughs> in some of my faves so far this season. Um including, you know, as you mentioned, sort of Sizzler Sisters and, of course, Simon and Hecubus. So I'm wondering whether maybe he just... I get what you guys are saying, sort of maybe he's, like, doing less of the dissecting comedy bit, but maybe he's also just becoming a better team player this season and is learning to play well with everyone else despite his looming prospect of breakout success. I think it's, <laughs> I think it's both that, but, like, the, the nature of the season is a little bit different than season one. Like, mm. we've talked about how they're messing with the format a bit more, they're using more camera angles and doing a bit more, like, canned segments that are outside of the studio and like 
I think that he's just kind of flourishing in the environment because I totally agree. He's he's amazing in this one. Jerry you know, Sizzler! <laughs> Stu, that's a really good point. I wonder I wonder if part of what drove us nuts about him in season one was that like I think most of the bits that we really didn't like with him were the more stagey bits where yeah. I think when he's got an audience, he's maybe trying to play differently to them than if he is in those pre-recorded bits. Because like exactly, Trevor, the 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 man who loses his hair is Dave at his best, and there's, you know, I think it works. What? I in hated large that part. sketch so much. Well, <laughs> you're wrong, but he, uh, <laughs> but he, he doesn't have an audience to ham to, which I think helps it a bit. But yeah, yeah, you know, I, I would say like my, my general take on Dave, at least at, at this point in season two, is like of all the kids, he's like the most complete package of them, you mm. know, where it's like his sketches are just well written and consistent. So, like, as opposed to like maybe a Marker Scott, where it's like sometimes they just do sketches that are self-serving bullshit, mm. you know. Um, and they're great actors, but he's a pretty good actor and also like consistent. And then you know, like uh, Bruce and Kevin are kind of a bit more consistent, but like like you mentioned before, maybe every single Bruce female character is the same character. <laughs> They're again all in again. a big family. It's yeah. part of the yeah. crazy conspiracy theory that we like. But I think, we're, I think we're, you put the, you hit the, the nail on the head there with complete package because a complete package either shines in the right context or is kind of samey and bo- like a, a very well-rounded kind of middle of the road, not middle of the road, but you know what I mean? Like someone who doesn't really pop in one aspect or another can either be utilized really well playing to the kind of backdrop or is just kind of blends into the background because there's nothing really shines through, you know? And I feel like we had more of that in season one and now it's like he's utilizing his strengths both with the troop and with himself. I think Dave's also a whole package in the other interpretation of that term, which is that he is uh, a complete dick. He's a tool. He's a tool. <laughs> Hans, you're getting really saucy today. I love it. Zing, zang. Whip, wham. I like this miracle whip, Hans. He's got the tangy zip. <laughs> I'm sure he kind wham, of is. Wham, wham, uh, you know, Kalina, you, that was you for referred you, Kalina, to Kevin. Sure. You referred to Kevin as being like the glue for this group somehow. Yeah. And I think that maybe uh, Dave, on the other hand, is maybe like a grounding, anchoring influence, where it's like he's probably one of the people that is like rationally telling them when things need to be better on this show. He's the, the Mr. Naughty I, I feel. I feel like he also. I'm not saying he doesn't have like as sort of bizarre humor as say Bruce and and Mark might at sometimes, but I it does yeah that kind of sense of like you're saying a grounding force or maybe just the fact that he could you could see the prospect of him appealing to a more mainstream audience. Yeah, I mean we've talked about it before that his style feels more kind of conventional and American, which is why I think we resented his success a little bit compared to our more weird Canadian boys, <laughs> yeah. right? But, uh, but uh, you know, there's a reason why it's conventional, and that's because it actually works and is reliably pretty funny, so. Total tangent, but there's this promo shot of them in 85 where they're lined up tallest to shortest and Dave's in the back, and he's making this stupid duck face, and that's all I can see whenever <laughs> I think of Dave. Just him being like, and, like his mouth makes this like, like you know like the, the I know cat, exactly the face yeah, you're thinking You know of, exactly yeah. the face. It's like a, the, the yeah. like colon three cat face emoji. It's just... <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> of, of, of the kids, which one has the... Uh, grossest mouth and most beautiful oh mouth. no question because it's wester esterhazy has the grossest Wait, are mouth a, grossest are we doing a side segment right now yes. we're doing a side, side segment, segment. This grossest, is just mouth. Of the, grossest mouth prettiest mouth is dave's the prettiest 
This dive's the prettiest. The, 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 I think, the funny I think, thing is, this reminds me too of when we were talking about the everyone hates this guy. Sorry, dog coming. Um, yeah, that's when we had the. Hold on, sorry. Two tippy seconds. tappy, tippy tappy. Let's, ha- let's have a quick oh, yeah. poop on the bed. Just tippy a little tippy. intermission. <laughs> quick, a quick, a quick little poop quick and a little. Quick bed okay. turd. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, um, so yeah, and then we were talking about the um, nobody likes us guys, and Kevin doesn't have enough of like a full set of lips to actually pout. <laughs> so he just like pops out his cheeks the whole time. So I mean, in terms of like grossest mouth, I don't think he even has like a leg to stand on. Poor guy. I think I think the the most prettiest mouth is Bruce. Bruce has he can't really make it ugly. He just, and when he's, when he's doing his drag, he's just got kind of like nice full lips, you know? Mm. Um, I, I'm, I'm trying to look up a picture of Bruce. Yeah. And, you know, I think, I does, think Bruce has the most reliably pretty, he, pretty mouth. Wait, I need to he, do a Google as well. He Hold does on. have a lot of headshots where he just kind of has a nice little pout. Yeah. Going he's got, he's there, got a little, you know? so he, his mouth ranges from like little, little pouty button mouth to like, you know, luscious, like Kathy lips type thing. Mm -hmm. And then on the gross side, it's a toss up between like Scott. Yeah. Scott at his worst with Western or Western Esther Hazy is, is like really, really gross. But, um, but Dave's, yeah, Dave's cat scrunched up mouth, like duck face is also real bad. So (laughs) it's, that's a real toss up. And Mark, Mark and Kevin just don't have a mouth. They're just kind of, they just, they're flapping teeth and gums. (laughs) (laughs) Flapping teeth and gums. (laughs) An assortment of flapping teeth and gums has got to be one of them. Well, (laughs) you're turning to your folks. Bruce McCullough, most beautiful mouth mm-hmm. of all the kids. Oh, I totally just won the day with my. With well, my done. Yeah. <laughs> well done. Hey. Way to go, Bruce. <laughs> Okay, um, I, I think that this is going to lead us into our next segment, though, which uh, is uh, beyond their mouths in this uh, in this episode. Who gets the best kid of the episode a- and worst if someone deserves it? Mm-hmm. Uh, so oh, for me, I think it they. is no. it is definitely David is best kid this episode. He's I was gonna really laugh if you had said David thing. was the worst, but anyway, sorry. Um, oh no, no, uh, the worst is is Kevin. He just doesn't appear in very much. Uh, yeah. He, so he's he's worst out of out of a lack of real good content here. Uh, but uh, what about what about you, Kalina? Who, who do you think is the best here? Yeah, um, Dave pulled this one off with the the teacher as well as um, the boring literary host in the opening sketch. And while I really didn't like the losing hair bit very much, oh, <laughs> he pulled he pulled off the character. It was just like a sh- it was a shit sketch. I didn't laugh once. Um, but anyway, I'm I'm torn between giving worse to Mark and Bruce because their only saving grace was the break- breakup sketch, which was good, but they're otherwise just tainted by the animal rights. Bit. Oh, I think we're gonna get to that in a bit, but yeah. that is not a good sketch. Yeah. Um, what about you, Stu? I agree. Dave is just transcendental in this one. Dave transcends himself, oh. which is fantastic. <laughs> um, I would point out. I do think Kalina, you're right that his boring literary host he pulls off, but I'm like narrowly. He narrowly mm. pulls that <laughs> off. He is teetering on the brink of. Going back to season one, too cool for school comedy. Yeah. You're like, oh, I almost made a joke. Yeah, but that there. is what literary readings are all about. I totally it is agree, it but is you have to see it's like right on the knife's edge of yeah. over. You know, Kalina, not a lot of people watching sketch comedy shows are intimately familiar with the format of a literary presentation. Yeah. Maybe not there should be more If you don't know the type, it doesn't <laughs> land as well. See, well, not all of us are, you know, literate, so I don't know why you're getting on your <laughs> high horse over there. 
Nice, well, nice Scott. You heard game. it right straight from Stu, Dave. Uh, you, you narrowly missed the bullet this time for <laughs> this thing you no, did 30 years ago. But he was great. <laughs> he was great in Theo the Teacher. Uh, he had, I think he had the best material. Everybody else just kind of was just in the episode. Um, mm-hmm. Worst kid, probably Kevin or Scott. But I think Scott... Evan edges out Kevin because at least he gets a few laughs with Bad Anecdote Guy. Like, Bad Anecdote Guy is a weird sketch, but, like, he kind of pulls off a couple moments in it that I think... He gets, like... He gets the technical knockout over Kevin in this one just by points alone, and I'm sure people will bitch about how he was robbed. Mm. Mm. I... Yeah. I think I'm on... I'll join the rest of you all on the... I'm joking! (laughs) Yeah, I'm, I'm going to join the rest of you all on the Dave train and say that he wins Best Kid this episode um, for all the reasons you guys have talked about. It. I, I, I liked his playing of Theo the teacher, even if I hated Theo uh, as a person. Uh, well, that's his, the point. He's a villain. I know, I know, I know. But anyways, just caveat there. But his his straight guy in the Lost His Hair sketch was was really delightful. And I really especially loved his delivery when saying, of course, I won't be eating here again, which, was, which totally won it for me. Um, as for the worst kid, I think I'll give it to Scott because other than his buddy in the forest, but he was pretty forgettable everywhere else. You know, Stu, you say he had some nice moments in that, uh, anecdote guy sketch, but it, nothing, I, I don't know if I ever got a laugh out of him so much as other, other elements of that sketch, so... Well, don't get me wrong. It's a bad sketch. I just like, <laughs> it's, you know, it's really we can dumb. all agree on that. Yeah, like uh, looking over this episode, like I, I really gotta say, other than the nasty breakup, I think everywhere Dave isn't, the show struggles. Nasty breakup is like is the one. Action. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and that does lead us into our final segment, which is uh, what are the our standout sketches and worst sketches uh, with a rating out of five. Um, and uh, I'm going to dive into this and say Theo the teacher for me was the best and uh, that gets four to five times I've wanted to stop trying heroin <laughs> quite so many times in the day um, but uh, a sketch that uh, we kind of mentioned in passing that uh, I- I'd like to kind of talk about as being just fucking terrible is the animal rights commandos was just it's fell so flat and mm. I don't I don't know, know what's wrong I, with it but just it's not it, good you know I just dis- I disagree I liked it but I I'm giving oh, it Hans. two self-pleasuring <laughs> apes out of five uh, and I, I think like maybe part of it for me is like uh, I don't think that eco-terrorists Mm. from the 90s are like that ripe for lampooning at at this stage in our life now i I don't know if it's just like we gotta fight our corporate overlords (laughs) i I don't know if it's like look this these these people barely exist to begin with so it's not like oh yeah these people we see these people every day but also it's like 2018 and the world's on fire and i think at this point it's like oh maybe people should have listened to those dirty hippies <laughs> a little bit more oh maybe we shouldn't put yeah. toxic stuff in the drinking water oh. yeah like so I, I just it's like not a very like comedic kind of set of people to attack for me because it's like i've never met a single person that's actually like that and also i i think that you know like at this point the idea of like animal testing people being ridiculous flakes is one of those things where it's like oh like who cares yeah (laughs) no corporations Um, are bad we need to challenge them (laughs) yeah uh but hans what was what was your best and worst 
Um, I think this episode, I have to give it to the bad breakup. Um, losing hair, buddy in the woods, Theo, the teacher, had a lot of positives, but bad breakup was just a bunch of amazingly cutting lines over and over and over again. Um, Bruce was hilarious. Mark as the rare schlocky guy, uh, which I liked, <laughs> was, was kind of neat. So um, four out of five ex-lovers for me. And as far as a worst sketch... Uh, you know, I don't know. I liked Animal Rights Commandos. I don't know what it was about it that worked for me. I, I especially loved the names, like Shoda and Ozone. Um, <laughs> Axel. Like the one line of, but a baboon, it's like all ass. Uh, <laughs> kind of cracked me up. So I think you guys slept on that one a little bit. Um, for Fair me, enough. worst sketch is a toss-up between Bad Anecdote Guy and Speech by a Boring Author. Um, and I, and, and uh, that's not to say that I didn't like them. Uh, they just were the lower points for me. So I think I'm going to give it to Good bad save. anecdote guy. Kalina, can you, you accept that maybe if Kevin is in a sketch, you immediately assign it good, whether or not it's good no or not, way. just because no, of Kevin's because presence. There's, oh, yeah. there's cool. some pretty, there's some, there's some pretty garbage ones that are coming up. There's, uh, there's some Kevin stinkers. Be, he will be slapped, yeah. slapped on for, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I'll, I'll give it to this episode. I'll give it to bad anecdote guy, which was a fine sketch, but the low point for the episode for me. I, you know, I actually, can someone just explain what's actually funny, what's supposed to be funny about Bad Anecdote Guy? Because I'm not sure that... So that even... that is a person. Yeah. that like I know that person yeah. who doesn't know how to make a joke, but just keeps making it, and they think it's funny, but they're wrong about it. And if mm. you... And if you know that person, you might find it funny. But because I know that person also, I just find it sad, you know, because I know that person exists. So I don't know. Uh, real quick, I think that yep. the other teacher is best. I think that Dave, like just Dave's delivery is incredible on that. That's very good. And we didn't talk about this. I love the moment where he does his incredibly shitty cover oh. of the police. <laughs> yeah. He's like, don't stand. <laughs> don't stand so close to me. <laughs> <laughs> so I give it 3.5 gay students out of five. Nice. Okay. Uh, do you have a worse too? Um, not really. Animal rights. Com- I I don't understand why I don't like Animal Rights Commando. It has all of the components of a usable sketch. It's just kind of draggy, and like, I kind of want to rip on Ben Anecdote Guy, but because it's not terribly funny. But I think that's kind of the point. Is that it's not like it's one of those weird surreal ones where they're mm. like, "What if the joke is there's no jokes?" I kind of get it. I feel like the goodnight sketch is just like a more grown-up version or more developed version of the Lopez sketch. Uh, because, you know, it's just it's one of those things that you can continue to repeat over and over again, and it's not necessarily funny unless you know it, but there's just it's, it's that repeatability that becomes funny in your head because you're like, fuck, you said it so many times, and now it's stuck uh, in my head. I'm oh, joking! Love, uh, I'm joking! I love the internal narrative that he wrote that to make fun of Lopez. <laughs> is, is, yeah, is this just him making fun of Mark's sometimes bad sense of humor, where he's like, "This is you. You just keep repeating." If this, dumb if things. this is like a, a passive aggressive dig at Mark, then <laughs> I instantly love this sketch. But uh, I suspect it's not. I suspect it's just more of the same soft, thin gruel that Lopez <laughs> is. Um, and I, I don't. Curry you love soft that. gruel. Come on. I like mayonnaise. Um, get it straight. You gotta get sorry, in your soft sorry. little gross mouth. So haunts. what? What <laughs> are your best and worst uh, sketches, Kalina? Yes. Yeah, so so good night. I'm joking. Started to grow on me. Obviously, as mentioned, Animal Rights Commandos is horrible. I don't even know why that didn't get cut. So Ugh. one out of five uh, overfed cats from me. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, 
yeah, I, it was honestly a toss-up between uh, sort of bad breakup and Theo the teacher, but um, given that sort of uh, Dave is redeeming himself, he gets this one. And just the idea that he's trying to justify his heroin addiction to a bunch of 17-year-olds <laughs> is just absolutely ridiculous. Um, he's also so, trying to justify his heroin addiction to himself, yeah. let's be fair. So, yeah, um, four, four out of five uh, guitars that one? I don't know. I had nothing funny for that, but... Really, you know, way to stick oh. the landing there, Colleen. Oh. So, yeah, stick it on theme. That was Stay a on real theme. bad anecdote ending. <laughs> Cue the music. Okay. okay. Well, that that's it for our season six... Uh, sorry. That's it for our episode six season two review. Join us next week for episode seven, which will be hosted by Stu. In the meantime, you can find us on Twitter at Kit and Tell Pod. Weigh in on your favorite sketch and enjoy some delightful gifts. Thank you for listening to Kit and Tell. Good night. Bye. Good night. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> uh.